my last podcast had an intro so what was your last podcast uh it was called crime traveling i talked about like murder and stuff (laughs) nice yeah but then i was like this isn't the best for my mental health all the time so we're just Mm. gonna not do this all the time and then i tried to do it like yeah what go ahead (laughs) no you're good you can go. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I feel, I feel like you, you probably, you have a whole vibe where you like a lot of stuff that's kind of scary. So yeah. and pair that with anxiety or mental health issues. It's like uh, <laughs> the thing I like also hurts me. <laughs> exactly. It's a very uh, give and take lifestyle, but you know, <laughs> gotta do what I gotta do. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll just jump into it. Hello. Sure. Hi. Welcome Hi. back, everybody. Uh, <laughs> this is the first time I've had a guest on. So congrats. You're the first guest. <laughs> I'm so honored. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, would you like to introduce yourself to the people? Sure. Hello, people. My name is Michelle Aiken. Uh I'm a lot of things. I don't really know how to describe myself. Actually, I changed one. I changed my Instagram bio to difficult to describe for a while. It doesn't say that now. It says leadership coach for creators. But <laughs> for a while, it just said difficult to describe because I was having an identity crisis. And I was like, don't ask me to define myself, Instagram. <laughs> There's not enough words in the bio for that. I mean, like, look, I- I'm a, I'm a mom. I'm a creative person. I was a YouTube vlogger in the late, no, in the early 2010s. Is that what we call that, that time, the 2010s? Sure. Um, <laughs> I write fan fiction. I uh, spend a lot of time raising a very cheeky six-year-old who's about to be seven. She's and, very cute. Um, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> she's she likes to do photo shoots when we go out. She finds spots on the street and it's just like this one, mommy, take out the camera. And then she does like nine different poses while I take photos of her. I love that. She's already a right? slay. Yeah. <laughs> She's <All> already <laughs> a slay. <laughs> I love her so much and I don't even know her. <laughs> yeah, that tracks, that tracks. I mean, she's kind of like uh, a local celebrity in that in that everywhere we go, she talks to people. And so we go into a restaurant and the hostess wants to hug her and all of the waiters and waitresses are like, Amelia's here. And it's a thing because she's so just cute. so friendly. Right, that's it's like childlier than me or her dad. Essence. <laughs> yes. Are you an introvert? I I actually am. I though a lot of people would call bullshit on that. Um, I don't come off like it online. I I say I'm a keyboard extrovert, and when I if you put me in like um, a networking space, like oh this is an event where people need. I want nothing more than to crawl into a hole. I do not want to talk to anyone at that event. Um, even my own event, I run I run an event and uh, the part at the beginning where people are milling around talking, which is something I designed, I decided that that's how the <laughs> event would start. And during that time, I'm like, oh, I think I need to go to the bathroom again. Oops, like I just disappear into the, into the crowd and pretend that I'm not the host and founder of the whole thing. But then 
hand me a microphone and it's time to go on stage, I'm the life of the party. Period. So what do you what do you call that? I don't know what you call that. I guess it's extroverted introvert. Yeah, extroverted in certain situations, because I was going to say, usually introverts get cursed with extroverted children. No, (laughs) they just talk to everyone and make it their problem now. (laughs) Yes, actually, my husband and I both kind of freak out or we used to at least when she would start talking to strangers because it was like people in our apartment complex were just walking by and she'd be like, hey, do you want to come to our house for dinner? She'd straight up and be inviting strangers home with us. And of course, they would not take her seriously. And they'd be like, oh, maybe another time, you know, I got to go make my dinner for my kids. They, they always like knew how to play along. But I remember vividly the first time that this happened. And my husband and I just looked at each other like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Because we are both. He's extremely introverted. Like he'll but he can be life of the party, too. I think we're very similar. We like performing on a stage, but we don't necessarily like a rant being thrown into a random social situation where we have to talk to strangers. Yeah, because there's like a certain level of preparation, like even if it's very minimal that comes on stage that I feel like makes you feel safe a little bit. But when you just get thrown into groups, it's like, I don't know what this bitch is going to say to me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) right and you can get stuck there you know whereas I feel like if I have a microphone I'm in control so that I'm comfortable with I know a lot of people for them being on stage is the scariest thing in the world it is the most comfortable place for me (laughs) (laughs) well that's kind of beautiful though because I that's like a very specific skill that not many people have ah thanks yeah Yeah. I think it comes from being the youngest and being asked to perform constantly (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it to you. That young child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where do you follow it? Do you have siblings? I do. I'm one of five, um, but I was wow. only raised with two of them. And then one of them I didn't know existed until I was 12. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's wild. I, yeah. It's a whole, my family, very Jerry Springer, Maury TV's type <laughs> situation situation it's <laughs> it's the whole thing um but yeah I'm the youngest so I, youngest. I yes we loopholed out of everything <laughs> 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 like the rule of my family was you don't get a phone till you're 13 I got one at 11 because I'm the youngest and they fell back <laughs> mm-hmm. so oh see that's like a I see I always look at the bad things like the fact that Santa Claus ended a lot sooner for me than for my siblings because right like that you Mm -hmm. miss out on so that's that's quite nice that you got the you got it sooner than you Mm -hmm. might have I I don't have many examples of that that I can think of but I will I will be I will be reflecting on my life now that you said that to me you having an existential crisis about your childhood now yeah (laughs) like oh there were good things yeah, I mean, mm. a lot of it, I mean, I will say that, like, I, I, a lot of it was being kind of just like, she's got it. Like, they just kind of like, were over it, I think, at that point. So it was a lot of mm-hmm. being forgotten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I got a phone, so it's fine. I had Tumblr hey. to keep me company. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. How old were you when you got Tumblr? Um... I didn't really use it like I perused it more. I was a Tumblr like uh, a looker, but I never really like p- 
posted anything. I was like 12, 12, 13. Wow. Yeah. So I was super young. Probably shouldn't have been on there. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I'm watching my nieces go through that or exp- my sister navigate that with her kids. And I'm thinking about when it happens with Amelia, though, I did tell her 12 or I said to my husband, 12 is around the age that will even consider letting you do things online. Consider that, not smart. definitely. Right. Like she does have a video on YouTube because she made something. She like made a vlog hey. at, uh, when we were like on vacation and then my husband posted it unlisted. And then she was like, why can't I search it on the app? So we just made it public and he's like, whatever. It's not like she's actually going on there interacting. No one's going to comment on it. It's like a little kid playing with a toy, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, she wants she wants to make stuff. I mean, creative, yeah, creative. I think um, as especially at that age, like six or seven, that's when you're like creativity is at its like highest peak <laughs> in your life or at hey, least like, I think you're right. At, at least like uninhibited creativity, I should say, right. because you know, as an adult, you can for sure create, but it's a lot more streamlined and there's a lot more that conflict. <laughs> yeah. A lot more critical voices in your head. For sure. Which is the bane of everyone's existence. That's very, that's Mm -hmm. like a crazy thing as a parent now that you have to navigate. Like, yeah, letting, because that wasn't a thing, like even in the 90s or the 80s of like social media or anything. It was like, yeah, yeah, there was internet, but it was like very uh, one dimensional. So it wasn't like people were getting kidnapped or anything. (laughs) Well, I mean, then again, people were getting at my in my elementary school, there was a whole thing where a car would pull up and like a car, someone got kidnapped by a random driver, you know, like there was versions of all of these things. And my, and I feel like my mom's version of having to police social media was, well, I did, I was around for the, the AOL instant messenger part, but she had no idea what was going on there. Um, and I definitely got propositioned in chat rooms by predators. Like it absolutely happened when I was, oh, when sure. I was in like, I don't know how old I was, but yeah, definitely that happened. Um, I also almost got abducted when I was um, 10, 11. Uh, oh, and, and it was that thing that happened where someone drove up and told me to get in the car. And because I had heard about it happening and like I had, I had heard stories about it. I just ran in the house to go and tell someone, but no one believed me because I used to make shit up all the time. So no one oh believed God. me. No. Yes. <laughs> Not this. Yeah. Not this, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Not this. I just saved like a really hard-hitting story for you for this. I've never told that story at a podcast. Actually, that's probably a lie. I've done hours and hours of podcasts. I've probably said it before. But... <laughs> it's okay. I mean, no, no, no. It's a, it's a bad at talking exclusive. It's a bad talking exclusive that you can only get here. Do uh-huh. not go back into her her search history of podcasting. Do okay. not so, go. Do not do not at me. Actually, um, you said that in episode 12 of at at three minutes and 24 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) 
You told it right away in that podcast. You didn't wait at all. Yeah, you did not. <laughs> She's waiting. Yeah, just She's telling it on every podcast. Seething at the teeth to tell the kidnapping story. I'm going to ask my husband to turn the TV down. Can you turn the TV down a bit? I don't know if you can hear it. I have noise canceling on, but it's annoying me. Oh, I can't right hear it, but you're, you, yeah, because I turned on the Zoom. <laughs> The Zoom noise cancellation feature is amazing. Oh, period. Yeah. I love that. You're so professional. I and I'm just like well, I, a- I I mean, <laughs> I lead I lead a virtual leadership and coach training program. So I kind of oh, yeah. have to have this all figured out. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Story checks out. I love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have this fancy microphone arm. Look. Yeah, you're like, you got the setup. And I have like yeah. the white boy comedian microphone. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I've actually, you know, so people who are listening can't see Victoria, um, but she's actually holding a little microphone. And I think about, I have actually recently thought about doing a YouTube shorts series and using a handheld microphone for all of it. Because people fun. have, it's hilarious, right? And I used to sell tiny microphones. I don't have any anymore, but I used to sell these tiny microphones. Do you know, the, you see them on TikTok, right? Like people yeah. use those tiny little things. I, I got some and I branded them with break up with your bullshit on them, which is my right. brand. Um, and so it was sort of like, instead of t-shirts, I'll make tiny microphones that say break up with your bullshit and it will mark up the cost of it times three. Because it says, because I had to buy it from some Chinese company and then like resell it, you know, to people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for a while people were making videos with, with those. So maybe I'll unearth one of my floor models and, and use that. But I just really, I like the, the experience of holding a physical microphone and talking into a camera. I don't think we see that enough anymore. Yeah. It's very, there's something very, um, engaging about it I don't know what it is it's like you yeah. feel safer with the person <laughs> I don't know Here, does it's this make just... you feel safer um, if I hold on to this microphone right now just the whole time this awkward grip on this jib arm <laughs> you're holding hands with your mic it's it's arm I'm holding hands <laughs> yeah it's too bad too bad people can't see this this fire that's going on in the video right now this absolute I'm like I have terrible lighting in my room because my blinds are broken and they don't open so I cannot let light in here <laughs> so I am just a soulless black void and I'm also black so it's... my camera also doesn't pick me up very well <laughs> you're a black black void yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a vibe though it's a vibe Thanks. You're, you can see Molly Ringwald better in my Breakfast Club poster better than you can see me, but that's okay because she's Judd Nelson is really standing out actually up there. Yeah. Who would you be if you were in the Breakfast Club? I'm closer to um, what's her name on the left? Um, uh, uh, the goth yeah. bitch. I can't remember <laughs> her actual name, but Ali Sheedy. That's there. Her you name. go. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I'm closer to her, but also, uh, Brian period. And You're we're just combo. like, we're just, yeah, I'm a combo. I'm a combo. Cause I'm definitely not the other three. Yeah. I think I'm probably, I, I want to be 
I want to be the cool goth girl, but I feel like at my heart and soul, I'm probably Molly Ringwald. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm woman enough to admit that. I've been to enough therapy now where I can admit that safely (laughs) on this podcast. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I need to get this off my chest. I watched so much Grace and Michelle back in the day. It's not even fucking funny. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) I probably shouldn't have because I was like a child. <laughs> but we always talked about always like our kids watching us because they shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, like y'all weren't like terribly raunchy, but like, I mean, for like 2010, my grandparents didn't know what the hell I was watching. They didn't know what YouTube right. was. So I could just get away with anything. So I was like, who are these two? And then I was just like, they're great. We're going to watch them. <laughs> Yay! And now here we are. And how long ago was that? Jesus, I'm not gonna add it up because I already make people feel old when I talk to them. I don't feel old. Old is a context. Old is not not even a real thing. I I, look. There's this one. um, There's this one spiritual writer guy. His name's Neil Donald Walsh. Um, He wrote this series of books called Conversations with God. Have you heard of this at all? Have you heard of him? I have I've heard of him, yeah, because uh, I'm very into books, but I I've never oh, read his stuff. Oh my god! Okay, so first of all, conversations with God. If you can get past the beginning, which is very thick, it turns into this dialogue between him and God, where he's asking every question he's ever wanted to ask God, and then God oh. answers. And it's the it's so uh, it it's really really great. But you have to get past this like really really thick, hard to read beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you are rewarded for the second uh, two thirds of the book uh, or the latter two thirds of the book. But he, there was this time, I don't know if he still does this, but he did an online workshop and it was a live Zoom workshop with him. And I thought, wait, this is like one of the thinkers of our time. This is a man who is going to be remembered for years after he dies and he's giving a fucking zoom workshop i am signing up it wasn't even expensive victoria it was like a hundred bucks or something it wasn't like one of those right and (laughs) so i signed up and i'm on a zoom call and when i tell you i was just shaking and he opened the floor for questions and i'm like i can't even think of anything to ask this man right now but i'm just gonna listen to other people ask him things and this one woman was like i just i'm so young or no, I'm so, I'm getting so old. That's what she said. Not young. She said, I'm getting so old and I haven't written my book. And he was like, how old are you? And she said, uh, I'm 30. And he just started laughing. Just this like booming laugh. And he, at the time he was 75. So he's probably 80 something now. Cause this was mm-hmm. like seven years ago. Um, or maybe it's 80, whatever. My ADHD brain is getting caught on the detail being accurate. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, but he just laughed and he's like, oh, you haven't even been born yet. You don't even know. I'm 75 years old, dear. And <laughs> it just like went on this whole, he just went off on her about how she is not old. Mm. And he's like, talk to me. He's like, I don't consider myself old. So I'm not sure what you're thinking over there. And it just, it was so loving. It was so, it just, you know, when you hear someone say something, you're just like, that hits, that Mm is accurate. And I always think about that when, when people talk about being old in their thirties or forties or even 
fifties. It's like, I don't know. I, I think I just get better, not older. Hey, I love that. If you take anything away from this podcast, take away everything that Michelle just said. Uh, <laughs> Last episode, I was talking about pizza. Now we're talking about <laughs> it's the dichotomy of bad at talking. <laughs> hey, that's your that's your thing. That could be your thing. You never know when we're just gonna we're gonna veer from snack foods to existential meaning of life. Exactly. It's that's what you come here for. And hopefully that's what you stay here for. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really awesome, though, that he said that, because I I I mean, I'm still in Florida currently stuck here. Um, trying my best to get out. Um, <laughs> but I think because I was raised in a state full of old people, like genuinely old people, yeah. and there's retirement homes and funeral homes around every corner here because that's the market. <laughs> gotcha. It's just like I I know what it's like to, or not know what it's like personally but like I've seen old like I know what old looks like <laughs> so when people are like 35 and they're like I'm too old to do this or like I'm too old to do that or wow that makes me feel old I'm like respectfully shut up <laughs> <laughs> like respectfully please like you're not old so please you have so much left to live for <laughs> and to do with your life 30 and 40 is not old to me old is like 75 plus plus yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because you do have like I'm 38 right so I have, a, I have a lot of I've done so much just in the last 10 years mm-hmm. and to think of an, in another 10 years I'll be 48 which is still like my life is not over and then there's another mm-hmm. decade after just just thinking about yes life is short and and things move by fast and that is all true but there's just so much life you can fit in and i think a lot of people decide that they're old and decide that they're dead and just stop living mhm yeah they yeah hmm. oh okay that's i mean that's a that's a choice and there's definitely a lot of societal support for that sort of resignation mhm for sure. I think, yeah, because there's a lot of, again, bring it it's full circle, social media and like the media in general is very good about like perpetuating milestones and being like, this is where you need to be at this age. And this is yeah. where you need to be at this age. And you should stop doing this by this age. And it's like, who says that if you're 60, you can't dye your hair purple? Like, what does it matter? Who right. cares? Or get a <laughs> like, tattoo or change professions or... Yeah, whatever. literally whatever you want to do. And like, that's what I get hung up on the most. And that's what I have like existential 3am crisis about. <laughs> it's like, I'm 23, which is not old at all. But I feel like it's too old to like not know what you want to do with your life, which is not <laughs> true at all. Yeah. But, you know, they tell you like, you need to go to college when you're 18 and then like when you get out get a job and then like and I'm like I didn't go to college and I dropped out in 10th grade and I like got my GED last year so it was like slower but yeah true facts if you take yeah also if you take anything away from this podcast low-key college is kind of a scam college is is such a scam I I went but the best thing that happened was that I met Grace that's it period Right? Shout like, out I, to Grace Helbig one time. Out, yes, dude, <laughs> I met Grace, and that that is the 
net positive of college for me. I paid $40,000 to meet Grace basically and spend four, <laughs> four years in school. Um, Period. yeah, my husband didn't go to college. He, uh, he went for a few months and then he couldn't afford it. And I couldn't afford it either, actually, uh, at all. We, I could, I, I could only afford to apply to one school, got in, um, every summer I would come home and my mom would sit me down to tell me I can't go back because we can't keep paying for this. And I just fucking hustled. I sold stuff on eBay. I, I, I just found ways to make money any way I could possibly make money. I made money. I, I figured out how to harass. Well, first of all, I harassed my professors to find out what exact volume of the textbook we would need for the following semester before it was released to everyone else. And then I spent all summer researching where I could get that book for nothing or cheap. So I wouldn't have to spend a lot of money on books. And then other people found out I was doing that and started paying me to do it for them. Hey, you're the textbook hustler. Uh-huh. <laughs> I sold Bluetooth headsets on eBay. Like <laughs> that I got, I got in with some shady company at Long Island. They paid me a lot of money to utilize my five-star record. And I mm. left that as soon as I realized that they were shady and it was going to hurt my record eventually. But I made a lot of money while I was doing it. So I just like, I just kept figuring out ways to pay for school, including getting an on-campus job and um, all kinds of other little side hustles here and there to make money. That's so cool, though, and like innovative. You were just like, I'm going to go to school even if it kills me. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I just wanted to get the fuck out of my house. That That's it. Yeah. I just was so sick of living there and and I I just wanted to go and when I graduated, I went, I went back home and in my mind, I was like, I'm just here for a second. Cause I'm moving to Brooklyn with grace. And I told my mom that, and she laughed at me. She's like, you, you have to have at least one whole year of rent saved before you leave here to go to New York city. And I went, okay, so I'm going to go find an apartment and not tell her until I'm ready to move out. And that's what I did. Period. <laughs> okay, mom, we found an apartment I'm moving out tomorrow. That that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> my poor Sick. mom <laughs> she could not handle it I was I was her little like you know she just couldn't could never get a leash on me I mean hey it's a it's a curse but a blessing because it keeps yes. you going yeah <laughs> I love that for you and then so after you moved to New York how long were you there for nine years Period. Did you like it? Yeah, I loved New York. I I lived in a different apartment definitely every year, if not every like six months. We just we constantly <laughs> were bouncing from one shady experience to another at the beginning there when we were starting Grace and Michelle. And uh and then I met my husband, my then boyfriend, and moved in with him way too soon. And we've had many incarnations of our relationship. We've hit the reset button many times over the years. We just had our 10-year wedding anniversary. Oh, congrats. Thanks. And we were together. Everyone comment. Years. Congratulations. <laughs> we did it. But I joke we've had many different. It's it's not one long. Really, People are like, how are you with the same person for so long? I'm not with the same person for this whole time because we've both changed so much and we have changed our relationships so many times and considered not being together many times and just chosen back into it. And and now we have an awesome kid. But when we had her, 
this transitions back to what you were asking me when we had her, uh, once I was pregnant, we also fell into a bad financial space. He lost his job effective mm-hmm. immediately. And he was a contractor. So there was no employee severance or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you make 185 grand. Now you make nothing Damn. overnight. So we, and I was pregnant. So we were in a very stressed out bad space and we needed to get the fuck out of New York city because we were paying mm-hmm. way too much in rent, of course, as everyone in New York does. And we were able to come to Jersey and pay half that for twice the space. So, but yeah, that was, and, and being near my family who could help with the baby, et cetera. So moving back to Jersey was something I never thought I would ever do. It was, if you had asked me like, what's the one thing you'll never do? Move back to New Jersey. I would have said it to you. I hated mm-hmm. it, um, <laughs> but now I love it. Now I'm quite happy here. So. Yeah, it's probably because you're, you've just like, I I feel like, I don't know. People always say like you outgrow spaces, which is true. But I think you can also like, if you evolve enough, you can like learn to to love the spaces that you've outgrown. If you really want to, obviously, obviously if it's like abusive, maybe don't go back. Right, right, right. Like, <laughs> I feel yeah, like there always but, has to be yeah. a disclaimer on any advice. It's like, unless you're in an abusive relationship, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I used to get that all the time. I would put out advice and someone's like, so you're telling me I should stay with I'm like, I'm not, first of all, I'm not telling you specifically anything. I am speaking to the Royal you and you can take what you want and leave the rest. But that was always <laughs> tough when I was doing advice blogging. Um, but I also moved to a different part of New Jersey. That's a lot more fun. That's probably, yeah, because I'm assuming you grew up in the suburbs, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still in the suburbs, suburbs, but I'm close to all the cool towns, Asbury Park, Red Bank, just destinations, places where I would travel to as a Mm -hmm. vacation or a fun weekend or something. So now I live in the middle of that and it's just, it's super fun. Everywhere I, we bought this house and everywhere I want to go is 10 minutes from me. Period. So. I love that for you. Thanks. <laughs> Accessibility to fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah fun we have friends. fun places here, but nothing's close. It's the state is so long. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It's um, the limp dick of America. Family there, so we go there <laughs> um, sometimes to visit. And he's got family by Daytona Beach, family by Wachula, family in Orlando. So it's, it's all we have to do like a tour when we go there (laughs) florida tour (laughs) Mm -hmm. florida tour yeah it's um my dad's in key west right now which is like a fucking island (laughs) so yeah it's like not a i don't just every i feel like it takes seven hours to get anywhere (laughs) even though it for sure doesn't google maps is like it's 30 minutes and i'm like for sure it's not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Once you get going, yeah. Yeah, everything fit in like the bridges. It's just a lot of water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would not oh, advise moving here. <laughs> I was going to tell you though, uh, when you said you're 23 and you feel like you should know stuff, I was, I, I always re- think back on when Grace and I had just moved in together, uh, like probably a year or so in. And so we were like 22, 23, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. And I, I remember very vividly one night we had had some cheap wine from a bodega probably and we're just just talking and she said to me actually I don't remember which one of us said it we just both vibed (laughs) with it so hard that it feels like we both said it 
um, what if we never do anything, like anything of consequence? What if we never amount to anything? That was our greatest fear mm -hmm. at the time. Um, and juxtaposed with where we both are now, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> y'all are both very successful people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, but it, it and I share it because it's like, I feel like if you're scared of that, it probably means you have a lot of possibility to do a lot because people who aren't scared of that aren't are also not going to be fighting against that idea. Mm -hmm. They're just sort of chilling. They're just existing. <laughs> yeah. So your fear that you don't, oh, I don't know. And uh, like, well, that, that tracks with one day you will yeah. be super clear, but it usually, I mean, it wasn't my first career. My first career was video production when I was your age. That's what I was starting. And that was not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, but I did it for six or seven years. Y'all so killed it. <laughs> did that. I was doing YouTube, but I also had clients that were paying me a lot of money to make videos for them. So, um, that was my business. YouTube was my hobby. I didn't do YouTube <laughs> at all. Whatsoever. Yeah, you made like two cents yeah. probably by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was that you, you, what you lacked in funds, you made in friendship. It's true. It's connections <laughs> and, and things that now it's just starting to all gel together now. How much I was investing in my future, even as it just felt like I was fucking around. Mm hmm. So ne don't underestimate your fucking around everyone because you think it's not productive and it's just, you just can't see how it is yet. True. And if you don't look for how it is, you'll never see it because it's truly, I think in the eye of the beholder. It, yeah. Sometimes you do got to fuck around to find out, you know? Yes. yes. <laughs> sometimes from this podcast, <laughs> that sometimes you have to fuck around and find out. Yeah. Anyways. Sometimes a little bit, unless it's like dangerous maybe don't do that <laughs> that's our disclaimer on that if it's dangerous yes. don't <laughs> for sure don't yeah, for sure um I like to ask people stupid questions um Great. do you believe in ghosts yeah you do have you seen yeah. a ghost I think so <laughs> where <laughs> I mean I've had that thing where you wake up but you can't move your body Oh, sleep paralysis? Yeah, that happened to me when I was little. Um, and I definitely saw something in my hallway when I was growing up. No, but I just, uh, I don't have spooky ghost stories exactly. I, but I pay really close attention. And perhaps I'm just assigning meaning to things that don't deserve that meaning. But if all life is meaningless, then everything is just whatever we decide it is. So, uh, I don't know. I, I experience a lot of quote, weird synchronicities and, um, mm -hmm. flickering lights at a particular moment and, uh, numbers showing up. And so I'm talking less about ghosts and more about little clues, but I think ghosts leave clues I think my mom is, is constantly planting stuff around me to remind me of her. Even if it's just that I click on someone's profile and their exact number of followers or, or people they're following is 210, which is her birthday. 
It happens constantly. And yeah, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. But dude, sometimes it's, it's, I'll tell you one, I have a lot of them, but my sister (laughs) and I exchange these stories because they happen so frequently. She decided I'm going to make sloppy joes because that was something my mom, it was like one of my mom's favorite meals one, because it was easy and she just loved sloppy joes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fun facts about my mom, but it was the anniversary of her passing. And my sister was like, I'm going to make sloppy joes tonight. So she went on Instacart and she ordered all the stuff for sloppy joes and all the other groceries she needed. And the confirmation comes through on the text. The exact total with no change is 210. So that's first of all. That's crazy. Second of all, the person who's getting her groceries and delivering them, same name as my mom, Anna. How do you yeah. Like, well, I, you don't... Can't, <laughs> I can't explain I don't... these things. <laughs> that's insane right that's, i just yeah. thought of it wait i just thought of another one wait um go for um, it okay Hit it. So Hit it. i'm watching <laughs> I'm, I'm vibing in my room i'm like i have a, a youtube video in the background about fiction writing story structure and um i'm just like texting with my sister and with some other people and at some point you know you have a, a video on and you just go i'm not even listening to this let me pause it and get back mm-hmm. to it so i hit pause and, uh, and then I'm just chatting with my sister and she sends me one of these 210 synchronicities in, in the text message. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And then I look over at the YouTube video and I paused it at 210. And I go, oh, that's so funny. I wasn't looking at the number when I paused it. I just hit pause. It happened to be that moment. So I screenshot it and I send it to my sister, Donna. And she goes, holy shit. The remainder time is my birthday. 904. Oh. So oh my God. this video, I paused it at 210 slash 904. Yeah. That's, that's insane. That's like, oh, yeah. Write a book about every time this happens <laughs> and call it 210. <laughs> I mean, we're going to get tattoos whenever I can get her to stop being too scared because I've got a whole bunch now and she doesn't have any. <laughs> So. They're not that bad. They're really <laughs> As not. Somebody who has a working on a sleeve, it's not that bad. Oh, you get yeah. used to it. I mean, I'll do it at some point. <laughs> I have the my um dark mark here with a badger skull. A because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Slitherpuff. Slitherpuff. Yeah. Period. I think yeah. I'm a a ra- raven puff, huffle huffle claw, whatever You've it got is. Got some huffle in you, whatever it is. <laughs> I do. <laughs> huffle culture. Because I took the quiz the first time and it told me I was a Ravenclaw and then I took it again like a couple years later and it told me I was a Hufflepuff, so I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> You've got a lot of Hufflepuff energy. Uh, I self-selected Slytherin. I've never been sorted into it because it's not my primary personality. It's my mm. shadow personality. Sick. It's yeah. because you. me I want to be. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think I want to be like cool and Ravenclaw, but like, I feel like I'm probably a Hufflepuff, which is fine. <laughs> such Whatever, a is cool. They do. Honey Badger don't care. Yeah. That's an old funny. reference. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's like, it's not it's old, applicable. but it's a, it's a reference. It is. Um, That's really beautiful about your mom, though. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to scare them forever now. Keep reminding us. Just keep. It always happens at moments when I've kind of lost 
touch with who I am or I'm triggered about something or someone just hurt my feelings or she just pops in at, at those moments. So here's, here's the thing. I don't, I don't call it ghosts. I think I heard this recently and it really resonates for me. I think that my mom is still here. She's just in a different dimension. And so I can't ask, she can't access me in the same way that she could when she was alive. So, mm -hmm. so sometimes when I'm in an altered state, like maybe if I did plant medicine or if I'm asleep, I can communicate with her in some way. And obviously I, I, there's these little ways that she's finding to communicate with me, but I've had a few dreams, just, just two, I think maybe three, she's been gone for 11 years now. So it's been a while for me to be test driving all of these things. I have had mm -hmm. a few dreams that she's shown up in and they were really simple things. I've heard a lot of other people who lost people tell me about dreams like this. It's interesting, but stuff like she just walks in the room and we just smile at each other or she just hugs me or we just sit on a couch and then I wake up and I, I can smell her in my nose and I physically feel like I just got to spend time with her. That's so beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> it's wild, right? Like everyone yeah. I talk to about this is like, oh no, that's totally real. That's totally real. That's, that's, she did come visit you. That is what happened. Uh, not everyone I talk to, obviously, but like certain people I talk to think that the believers. Know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that dream state is just shifting into a different dimension for a while and really living things out that you can't live in this dimension. I, I don't know. That just all make sense to me it just sounds true yeah it makes sense yeah because like I tell people all the time like if somebody dies it's like yeah their physical form is dead but like their soul and their right spirit is still alive somewhere yeah. so like where does it go we yeah. don't know but they know <laughs> we don't need to know that's none of our business yet it's it is not, our yeah. business right now we, we got something going we have something to do here while yeah we're here. something got, to do we can barely handle this dimension. I so know, let's right? just stay in one <laughs> and not worry about other ones like <laughs> the Matrix. That's Keanu Reeves' business only. <laughs> it's only his business. Yeah, I have dreams that come true in real life sometimes. Yep. Like nothing like cute. I'm not like predicting world <laughs> world events or anything, but like I'll have a conversation in a dream and then I'll wake up and have that exact same conversation in real life or like yep. a version of events will happen in a dream and I'll see like something on TV about it or yeah, it's happened a lot frequently. I don't talk about it much because it scares me. But. Yeah, that tracks, that tracks. Everyone I know who's a medium now went through a period where they were totally terrified of whatever. <laughs> I have this one friend who um, she's gone through actual training for it and she tells me I'm oh. psychic. I've been told I'm psychic many times and I have a lot of stories like what you were just saying. Um, but she, when it first started happening, it would like happen while she's awake, the, the level of what she experiences makes me know I'm not supposed to do that work. Right now. <laughs> I, it doesn't, it's not hitting me as hard as her. Uh, yeah. it's a little more subtle for me, but she, one time, um, someone who she didn't know visited with her and whoever she's living with and the person sat down next to her and immediately my friend started hearing um, messages from that person's mom 
and oh. and the and the mom was like angry or it was it was really like difficult energy to be with and mm-hmm. after the visitor left she asked has her has her mom died and her, the person she lived with was like yeah how did you know that she's like don't i knew we were gonna talk about spooky shit i knew it I know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you follow me. I am. Yeah, I am a spooky bitch. You follow me. So you're aware of this. (laughs) I'm a very spooky person. It's part of my personality. I've learned to come to terms with. (laughs) I like I just I just as a kid, I hid it for so long because I thought people were going to think I was weird. And then now I've just kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't care if I sure I'm weird. (laughs) Who cares? I don't. <laughs> I don't have time <laughs> to worry about it, dude. I have something you have to hear. So, someone, someone just said this to me. I I put up a post on this app that I'm on right now. It's in a beta test at the moment. It's like a Twitter clone, but it's not owned by anyone. It's, it's not like owned by Twitter. Elon Musk, right? No, it's a it's a decentralized social media platform. And I can't mm-hmm. really explain any of that to you other than it's open and it's not going to be owned by an entity. It'll be essentially owned by the people and we get to use it however we want to use it. Um, okay, but, period. Yeah, but right now I'll, I'll invite you to it if I get more codes to invite people if you want to be on it because um, mm-hmm. there's only like 20,000 people on it versus oh. there has 450 million people on it. Jesus, so. and one of those people being Elon Musk. Right? <laughs> so anyway, it's neat because there's not a lot of people. So it's this like chill community right now. And I've been meeting a lot of interesting people and there's sort of an in-group on the app right now uh, that mm-hmm. came from Twitter. So, and I know one of the people in the in-group kind of like the leader of the in-group almost, uh, but I didn't really know that he was the leader of a group. I just, he was just my friend. That I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I <know>. um, <laughs> so I get on and everyone's discussing the in-group and I'm like, I don't understand I'm like Googling it. I'm looking at, I'm like, what is this that everyone's talking about? So I put, I made a post saying that I'm not part of the in-group. I'm in-group adjacent. I'm, I, and, and that's how I feel everywhere in life that I'm not, mm-hmm. not the in-group, but I am like friends with someone in the in-group or I'm, I'm over here and they're doing that. And that's always how I felt. And I got two responses from people that nearly brought me to tears just for feeling seen. And I feel like you would, vibe with this so I'm going to read them to you period let's have it okay so the first person said that's how you know you're a natural born bridge builder flowing freely between different groups and easily explaining their points of view to the next group that might not fully get it if you could call one group fully your own you wouldn't be able to do that facts so lovely right and then this other this dude said We think we don't fit because we are somehow falling short. We're too small to fill the space that we see, but it's the opposite. We're too big and can't allow ourselves to be reduced to fit without feeling like we're lying to ourselves. Embrace it. It's a gift. Oh my God. (laughs) Total stranger said this to me. He really dropped a truth bomb at like fucking 1.30 p.m. Right? <laughs> That's, yeah. 
I mean, I never thought about it like that. We're too big and we can't allow ourselves to be reduced to fit without feeling like we're lying to ourselves. <gasps> That's so, yeah, though. Like, it makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's you. I feel like you're too big for most of the spaces you're in, especially the state you're in. And so you don't really feel fully seen or like, yeah, this is my thing. Cause it's not yet. Like true. You probably Thank find your you. people online more though. Right. Yeah. I have more online people that I'm closer to than I have actual real life. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I have like a couple people here that I would say are like super close friends, but like for the most part, most people that I talk to live in like other states or other countries or so um yeah I was just yeah (laughs) period (laughs) air high five through the screen (laughs) thick (laughs) um yeah I was just having that conversation with somebody last night because I went to a nightclub for the first time on Saturday and it was a fun experience but like I I I don't, I I just like, I don't have many places where I feel like physically that I feel like I belong in. Like I don't most, like I don't have a, like I've never felt home anywhere. Mm -hmm. Closest is probably my grandparents' house because that's where I was raised. But it was just because that, like even a small part of me feels like I wasn't even supposed to be there because I wasn't really supposed to be raised by my grandparents. That's a long story. Mm. But um. So like I I constantly am feeling like out of place everywhere that I go and that I'm not supposed to be anywhere and so to hear like that like what you just said from that random dude on the internet is like yeah it makes sense it's like maybe it's like your purpose is not to belong in like one area it's to belong in many areas at once yeah yeah I wish I knew that when I was 23 do something with it <laughs> you're like go write a book <laughs> yeah. something, something. do something with it um yeah, yeah. life's crazy <laughs> life be crazy like that <laughs> it's only all starting to make sense now I feel I'm nearing 40 uh and it's weird 38 is very different than all of the other 30s Cause it's like, mm-hmm. I'm still in my thirties, but I'm two years away from 40. And it's interesting what these mental constructs do to how you look to the frame of your life. Just, and my husband's been saying it cause he's going to be 42 soon. So he's been saying it for four years mm-hmm. ever since he was 38. He's been like, it's different. It's different here. It just hits different. Um, and he, he's got a lot more of the, I'm getting old shit in his space than I do. Mine's not a fear of getting older. Like I said, I I'm actually, I think I'm getting better. I, I know a lot of women in their fifties and sixties, my coaches in her sixties, like who are vibrant and thriving and, and more grounded in who they are than ever. And just, it's like, you give less fucks, but he, um, he pointed it out to me that you just start thinking about your mortality more, even though it's Mm -hmm. asinine because none of us know I could die today. We have no idea. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but there is something interesting that starts to happen. It makes you just push all the bullshit away. But I had no access to that when I was 23. And I don't think I was supposed to. I think you're supposed to just be a knucklehead and not know what you're doing and, and cry a lot and just like be a mess. <laughs> yeah. Be a mess. 
for the I'm next I'm doing like, great at that. Deal <laughs> with your mental health shit. Like, uh, deal with it now. Do healing work. Start early. This is early. I know it's mm-hmm. more trendy now, so people are getting to it sooner in life, but th- you're still early. Like, I talk to people who are just, have never done therapy, and they're in their 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. Have never, have just been repressing the depression and pretending it doesn't exist for decades. So you're in a good spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's like a hard thing to do too. Cause you, you know, repressing things is very easy, especially for people who are just busy mm-hmm. all the time. So yeah. you just like, or, or so if you like, just stop for a second, you're like, Oh, it's, it, I feel it. I feel it creeping. I got to get busy again. And then, yeah. so I, I think people, that's why busy people exist mm-hmm. is to repress things. Cause I don't think humans were made to be that busy all the time. <laughs> the human um, being, human doing. Yeah. Thing like you're, we act like human doings. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, well, one capitalism, but it's <laughs> yeah. a whole other argument. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, so but I tell people all the time, therapy is great if you can find somebody that you click with. It's very much like speed dating <laughs> when you first start because you're not probably going to click with the first therapist that you meet with. And that's OK. Yeah. Um, if you do. Fantastic. Congratulations. I mean, that's wild. <laughs> it must be a really good referral is the thing if you click. with. Yeah. Person. Oh, for sure. Like that's not a but I feel like people get frustrated because they're like, I just haven't talked to somebody who I feel like gets me. It's and just it's like, like well, dating. It is for sure, 100%. Like, yeah. So don't give up if that is what yeah. I'm trying to say. It's like, you know, find somebody. There's a therapist out there for everybody. You just got to keep on searching. I've had many different ones too over the years. I think my first mm-hmm. one just want, just let me talk, hardly said anything, and was very – she walked on eggshells with me a little bit. I don't really know why in retrospect. <laughs> I don't know if it was because she was new – or I don't know if it was my energy or she was scared. She, I I think maybe she was just new. Yeah. You know, maybe she was new to the profession and I had a lot of, of my mom was dying when I hired her. So like, yeah. that's a lot. That's a big responsibility. Um, yeah. And I had a very unhealthy relationship with Justin at the time. So I was bringing her all this shit at once. And I was starting to have panic attacks for the first time in my life because I had found out that my mom's cancer was terminal. So she, she was overwhelmed probably with what I was bringing and just like, it was just a place to vent, which is exactly what I needed. Um, Mm -hmm. And then she told me that she thinks I'm good. (laughs) I could finish therapy. (laughs) (laughs) You've completed, you've graduated therapy. There's nothing else for us to talk about. I think she was just stumped by me. Um, and then a few months later, I met a different therapist who I I hired her so I could learn how to cry. Because mm-hmm. I my, I was she's like, oh, what are your mental health goals? And I said, well, my mom died and I haven't cried, so I think maybe I'm broken. And we would do crying sessions. She would like try and she would make me cry, and then time it. And see how long I could sustain crying because I really couldn't. I couldn't do it. Damn. And that wasn't even the last therapist. I've had other spiritual healers and I had a more recent therapist that I did EMDR with, um, which if people don't know what EMDR is, look it up. It's awesome. And it's horrible because you unlock stuff 
that you mm-hmm. forgot about or that you whatever you just push memories aside and you bring them to the forefront so you can deal with them so it's like it's like a detoxifying thing yeah and I've got a shit ton more work to do it's just like I go through seasons of okay here now I'm gonna work on this part of myself now I'm gonna work on this part and uh I don't know I think we think we're gonna figure it all out when we're really young it's like no this is a lifelong healing that we have to do here and that's like a healthier way to do it too. Cause I feel like people try to heal everything all at once, Yes, <laughs> everything, everywhere all at once. That. I've never thought. Yeah. It's a big goal. Anyone listening who didn't see that, that movie uh, is so confused by what we just said. Uh, but it's <laughs> Go look it up. It's a great film. Oh my 10 God. out of it's 10. Like Oscar worthy. Oh, and sure. it did win Oscars, so it's fine. Yeah. It's a great example, too, of the dimension thing. Um, mm-hmm. Because really, in that movie, they're traveling different dimensions. That's exactly what it is. It shows exactly what we're talking about. It's very Matrix. It's very... Yeah. It's a new Matrix. And uh, I heard this other thing. You'll like this, too. Um, that it was someone explaining all of the different dimensions and how time is not linear. And so if you, the guy says like, if you've ever had an inkling, let's say that you could win a Grammy, uh, there's a dimension out there in which you have won that Grammy. And that's why you're able to even conceive of that because it does exist and it is occurring to you so that you may choose to move in that direction. That's why it occurs to you. So think about all the things that have ever occurred to you and that there is a you living that life somewhere. And if you, if you took steps in that direction, you could shift into it and then be in that reality. Facts. I'm like this, I'm having like seven fucking (laughs) (laughs) existential crises today, but it's good. It's good. It's only one. I got the whole rest of the day. Yeah. (laughs) I really talk like this all the time. So I'm just it's okay though. I mean, it's okay. We need that. Honestly, at this point (laughs) in my life, probably need it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, to shift gears a little bit, you write fan fiction. You mentioned earlier. (laughs) Um, I mean, obviously, I first heard of you through Grace and Michelle, but then I was like, oh, she writes? Let me go check that out. And I was not expecting it to be as dirty as it was. You're welcome. But I appreciate it. I was like, oh, it did? Yeah, out of my literary shell. I was very like, I'm I'm only gonna read like this one very specific type of stuff. And then now I just read smut all the time and like romance. I could open that up for you. Yeah, it was, it was that it was that way for me too. I didn't, I hadn't ever read it, um, mm-hmm. and then I found Senlin Yu. I don't know if you've read her stuff. I have not, but I know who you're talking about. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, there's Manacled, which is her most popular thing. It's wildly, wildly popular. But she wrote a different one called All You Want, and it's the smuttiest mm-hmm. shit you've ever read. It is ridiculous i have read it aloud i've read parts of it aloud to friends just to introduce them to like what it is and they're like can you send me that link you know (laughs) it's just it's it's so good it's so good and it's so filthy and ridiculous and um and she knows it and she's she's great i i mentioned her in a video with grace and then then i was able to befriend her online 
through that. Sick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I have identified two writers that I would like to know. So I will now mention them in this widely watched video and it will get their attention. I, I like I have a side quest of just getting people's attention in order to form <laughs> friendships with people who are seemingly untouchable. Like it's a, it's a thing I do. It's like my hobby. <laughs> You're like, I'm good. I'm very good at it. I am. I am. I'm good have, at respectfully I, becoming friends with people over the it's internet. True. It's true. <laughs> Friendship maxing, I think they call exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, um, now I've met you and Grace. Oh, when did you meet Grace? Last year they came her and Mamrie were on tour wow. for their podcast and they came to Tampa and I had just gotten my GED and I was like, I don't know what to do with my life. And my dad was like go like here's some like graduate because everybody in my family gets a graduation present usually it's a suitcase because it means to like get out of the house but I'm still at home and I was 22 well 22 early 23 last year when I got it and they were like she's not leaving obviously (laughs) I've been here so they were like here's some money I guess we don't know what else to give you and so they had like leftover like vip tickets to the comedy club and i was like i listened to their podcast and so i was like i'm gonna just go by myself which i don't do things by myself because it scares me yeah i was like whatever i don't have anybody else to go with so i went and then i met them afterwards and i was very weird and awkward (laughs) as is everyone right i mean yeah i don't know it's it's a weird thing meeting meeting people in any capacity that you've been watching. Cause there's like the relationship you had like with me, for example, there's a, there's a relationship that we've had without me being present for it. Mm-hmm. And then there's like us talking just two people. And if that's a different, maybe it's even a different dimension, right? Like we're, we're not even meeting in the same way right now, but you have this, it's almost like you had dreams about me for years and now we're here. <laughs> yeah, I feel right? that. <laughs> it makes sense. That's what it's like. That's why it's fucking weird because you ever see someone <laughs> after you've had a dream with them in it? Like you just had a yeah. dream about, and then you have to see them and you're like, we had sex in my dream or something <laughs> like that. Well, luckily that doesn't usually happen, but like usually I'm Ooh. doing like weird adventures and shit with them and I'm just like, sure. We didn't just do wait. this. Just okay. wait. They are unwelcome and unpredictable. And they don't actually mean that you want to have sex with that person. It never means that. It's not that ominous. Grace will tell you she just went to school for uh, psychology and all kinds of dream interpretation. She's so into it. Yeah. I can't tell her my dreams because she's like, mm, so what is this? You? Like, Stop it. Don't do the thing. I mean, do the no. thing. Wait, wait. Do the thing. Do the thing. Go ahead. <laughs> but I get scared to tell her because I'm like, you're gonna see something that I don't intend for you to see. What three right now? You have superpowers. She's gonna give you ten existential crises. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I guess we both do, but we're both we're both having our own existential crisis now. So yeah. But yeah, so your writing is like. I highly recommend I will uh, if you have a specific one you'd like me to link people I will happily leave it in the bio okay um, um I think unforgivable if you want to read a 160,000 word epic that's prob- that's my best one so far because it's my most recent yeah. one um if you want something short and dirty to get a taste <laughs> fuck Mariavada. <laughs> that's the one I always send to people who are like well what like what do you mean smut and what do you mean harry potter fan fiction i'm like read this one it'll take you 12 minutes to read here you go have and, fun <laughs> yeah have fun with that so but I, I love all my little 
story babies. And I have another one that I've probably, probably going to get back to soon. I'll probably write some random one shots before I go back to my whip, but I started a whip in, I don't know, after I finished unforgivable, I promised everyone a sequel called unforgettable. I don't have an idea. I don't have an idea for it. Like I have an idea, but it's not, it doesn't have legs. I tried to write it and it was like, "Mm, this feels like 13th grade, not college. Like it's just a continuation, not a new, and I need it to be a new story and it's not. And so new vibe. Yeah. That might sit for years. I have no idea what's going to happen with that, but the new one, I'll tell you the premise. Uh, (laughs) wait I have it I have this I have it actually written down in a way that I think is is the synopsis yeah (laughs) period unforgivable synopsis (laughs) um you're like I got it on deck it's on my I got a lot of uh, oh wait no it's not unforgivable it's what the hell is it called uh uh counterpart That's I haven't cool thought about it. Like, right, give us another one. You oh, yeah. fans, really. <laughs> it's great. It's so great. You know what? The best part I'll talk about while I look for this, I'll just tell you this. The best part about writing fan fiction for me was going on with the name Lillian Silver. No one knows who I am. And mm-hmm. until I announced it on Grace's uh, YouTube channel, of course. But for the first few months, especially, no one knew who I was, just started writing. And instantly had people reading my writing. And so it was like, oh yeah, I can create new audiences. I don't have to rely, like just rely on Grace and Michelle fans to be my audience moving forward. That, mm. that is, if there's anyone from Grace and Michelle who's still following me, fantastic. <clears throat> if you actually, you know, like yourself actually interact with me and give a shit about what I'm doing, fantastic. Uh, I kind of want to cut off all the dead weight of people who are just following me until I hang out with Grace one day and then they can like the photo. Um, Cause <laughs> I do that with famous people. I'm like, I'll follow their best friend. And then one day, you know, I do that shit. So I know people are doing that with me, but anyway, it was very nice to go on and just be anonymous and, and form a completely new audience and feel like I earned it rather than it was just handed to me because mm-hmm. past internet success is a bit like having a trust fund. Yeah, you don't right. It's like I don't really deserve this money. Like I didn't really earn this money. It's just here. So now I'm kind of just an asshole who's really entitled, thinking people should pay attention. I didn't find the exact synopsis, (laughs) but it's something like Hermione goes back to her eighth year at Hogwarts, ready to have a a quiet year for once. Mm -hmm. Um, And blah, 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 blah. Draco Malfoy is there. There's just a line that says, um, he's not who she thinks he is, dot, 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 because he isn't. Oh, shit. (laughs) 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 And I think I actually include this in this. uh, The first chapter will reveal this. I, at my first draft, I buried it in like the fifth chapter and all my beta readers were like, what the hell is the story? I don't know. What, like, I like it, but what is it going? I don't know where it's going. <laughs> and I was like, as a reader, that drives me insane. So let me reconfigure it and put the, make the first chapter reveal to you that Draco Malfoy is propositioned by a wealthy muggle born wizard scientist guy who wants to use him as a um a test subject 
for cloning and oh. wants to send a clone of him to Hogwarts so that he could test it and so that Draco doesn't have to go back for his eighth year at Hogwarts himself. Damn. So like she's with the clone. She's with the clone. And um, yeah. And the clone's really nice. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so that that's my that was my plot bunny that hopped into my brain one day and I have now written tens of thousands of words and rewritten them and all this stuff and it's going to be a long long story. So I have 30,000 words but that's like a quarter. I mean as it should be. Least. That's like a very extensive maybe it's an eighth endeavor. Well, it's like the plot in like shows where they're like he has a twin evil twin but it's the opposite where it's a nice twin (laughs) which i've i've had i had an idea that hermione goes to the states and is in new york city and goes to a club and there's a guy who looks like draco fronting a band and Mm -hmm. uh and it turns out it's his long lost twin brother that they sent to america when went at right after he was born so that Mm -hmm. both of their children wouldn't get taken by Voldemort so they favored this one and sent him here and hilarity ensues but either one at some point someone is going to call the clone fake o Malfoy (laughs) yes I love that writing a whole story around one one (laughs) one burn one joke just amazing that's all you need I know Ron Weasley is going to say it. He's going to be the one calling Faco Malfoy. I love that. I love that so much. My, I've recently been learning about myself that I like to read like fan fiction and romance that I don't want in real life. If that makes any (laughs) sense. Like, (laughs) like I used to think it was what I wanted, but now I'm like, I'm like, exactly. In my real life, I'm more of like gentle and romantic and sweet and like I want like night Ellie just be nice to me but like in the fan fiction it's like I don't remember what one I read from you but I think it was like one of the first things I read of yours and it was like I don't know what to expect so let's just pick something and then I picked it and it immediately opened with a blowjob oh you're welcome that's called your yeah that's the first that was the first uh smut I ever wrote period so i started yeah. on the first thing <laughs> i also yeah, I was posted like it whoa on a account at first because i was scared so i posted i had an account called draco's ex-girlfriend and oh, uh, i've funny. deleted it i deleted it since and i just moved it over to lillian silver so i was like whatever period. let's just be the same but yeah i was just like i'm just gonna write some smut ready go <laughs> <laughs> you were like in blankets at three in the morning with like the, the the board on the shaking. wall, the crime board. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I actually did have boards like that for my first pick, but uh, no, but you I was like, shaking when I wrote that. The whole time I wrote it, I was shaking because it was so, so scary sweet, to though. write. I yeah, I mean, like, it's like I type the word cock. Uh, there's no turning back now. <laughs> it's in my computer. My FBI agent has not seen it. <laughs> I can't. My unsee- FBI agent loves variety. <laughs> yeah, they do. They don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> they can't get out of it. They're too far into it. Yep. That's amazing, yep. though. I um, yeah. I don't. I write fiction, but I don't put it out. I only put out like nonfiction work because it's easier for me to like talk about myself for some reason than it is for- to like talk about fictional thing I think it's just because I'm more scared that people won't like it so Interesting. I don't know usually it's the other way around usually people are like afraid to talk about themselves I could talk yeah. about like 
mental health and things like that all day long because that's just what my life is and that's what since I was like 15 what my life has been but when it comes to like making things up and like it having to rely on my creativity I get scared I'm like what if people think it's stupid but and they will because they're people <laughs> yeah. and that's what they do yeah I mean the <clears throat> yeah I didn't even think I could write fiction until I wrote sour grapes like I legit never tried to write fiction before it's that. hard it's daunting yeah um, it's, it's a very vast field now it's more daunting now because now I'm trying and before Ooh, I wasn't yeah. trying so trying at anything is always going to be way more challenging than being like fuck it I don't care and genuinely <laughs> not I genuinely didn't care because I was like I don't even know how to write a novel I'm just gonna do it deal with it and people would criticize me I'd be like ha 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 this is free fuck yourself like I just <laughs> You don't have to read this. No one's right. forcing you to read this. Right. Or I would respond. I would respond like, I am actually not trying to get better at this. Everywhere else in my life, I'm trying to get better. This is my one place where I don't try to get better. So please stop leaving me criticism because I don't, I don't care. I understand that it's not perfect. I, I just don't care. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I wrote this other one. I wrote, I decided to write a fic while high. So every oh, that's time an adventure. Time, oh my God. It's so, <laughs> it's so much fun because you release all of that stuff and you're just like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm just here with the, with the creative. So, and I, I wrote one called, um, here's the deal. That's the name of it. Here's the deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I highly, highly recommend this one because it is unhinged as fuck. <laughs> and it's really funny. And I'll read it. I, I mean, read it immediately. It, you will laugh it because I was, I was super, I would just roll a joint and start writing. And like, uh, at some point I do this thing in it where I talk to the reader, like me, Michelle, I discuss the story with the reader while I'm writing. Oh, like flea bag. Yes. <laughs> you yeah, break, so the break the fourth wall. wall. Yeah. And, um, and someone, someone left a comment that was like, these fourth wall breaks are killing me. It's ruining the entire story. And I just replied, Please stop reading now. It's going to get much worse. <laughs> Please, I will save you the trouble. Uh, like, just don't. <laughs> Please do it. just so stop <laughs> immediately. Either people, people either absolutely fucking hate it and tell me that they fucking hate it, or they make mm -hmm. it all the way to the end and they're like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever read in my life." <laughs> like, I love like, unhinged yeah. media. I love it. I just like that's what I hope to bring to if anybody like from this podcast. I just hope they take unhinged and like. People need to just be okay with being a little unhinged, not like murder unhinged, but like, like, just don't just don't just do whatever and say whatever to unhinged. <laughs> yeah, not murder unhinged. You know, there's a difference. There's like, <laughs> just like mind unhinged, like just creativity unhinged. Yeah, just like yeah. do whatever, write whatever music you want, fucking write whatever story you want write a script it doesn't have to make sense the first time you write it just write no. it put it on paper yeah you can break as many walls as you sense. want yeah <laughs> i also uploaded a music video that's unlisted on youtube but you only get it if you get to the end of here's the deal and it only makes sense it doesn't even make sense but it will only even marginally make sense to anyone who's read the story so you like you can't just skip to the last chapter and go watch it because you'll be like what the fuck is this so mm -hmm. there's a running joke. And then I made, I was like, in, in my epilogue, I'm like, as a reward for getting this far. Here's a music video. Here's a music video. That's amazing. That just adds to the chaos. 
It's so chaotic. I can only, I only know who got to the end because of the views on the video and everyone's like this many people got to the, this many people were rewarded for getting through the fourth wall breaks. It's in the hundreds too. It's like, Oh, that's amazing uh, though. And I say that as like, I know a lot more people have started the story because of the number of subscribers. Mm-hmm. Like it's thousands, but then like who actually clicks the video, who actually watches the video is a much smaller percentage. And those are my people. Yeah, they are. They were the ones that were like, we're committed to this, to this fuckery. Yes. <laughs> That's what you're like anti Stephen King. Like you didn't do hard drugs. You did like <laughs> yeah. chill drugs and then wrote like funny stuff. He, and he wrote hard yeah. drugs and wrote questionable stuff. <laughs> yes. Did and weed is like uh I, I actually back to the dimensions thing. Mm-hmm. I experienced this thing when I smoke weed where I remember once I'm high, I remember all the ideas I had the last time I was high. It doesn't matter how long ago it was. Oh shit. And suddenly it's like it's like returning to the desk where all those post-it notes are. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, all my stuff is here. Right. So one time I took a year and a half break from weed completely. Mm-hmm. I was likely around the time that I had a child. It was probably two years actually or more. <laughs> um, and then when I, the first time I smoked after that, I looked at Justin and I was like, all oh, my stuff is still here. Oh, that's kind of cute though. Right? <laughs> I was like, and I was actually like sad that I had stayed away for so long and, and I needed to, but like, I was like, oh man, all my stuff. It's like going to the attic and being like, you just dust it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. That's so cute. <laughs> That's amazing. That's like creativity is such a gift in yeah. like many ways. And I wish more people tapped into it. I feel like people are afraid of it, but I feel um, like it would be a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Uh, the world would be a lot more understanding if we tapped into it. And this more is often. why I do what I do. Exactly. Hire Michelle, everyone. <laughs> just hang out around me because I, you know, I rub off yeah. on people. You do. I think we're very similar people. I think so. We've been friends on Instagram for like what, like a year now? Yeah, it's been a minute. Maybe. Yeah, a year, year and a half. I mean, you've been friends in my brain since I was like a teenager, but <laughs> it was a very one-sided <laughs> friendship. <laughs> I, I mean, I would have, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, um, I get, I mean, we've been talking for a minute, so I guess this is like a good place to, to wrap it up. Rippity wrap it up. (laughs) Rippity wrap. Uh, where can people follow you, find you, promote yourself? (laughs) Uh, let's see. I'm Michelle Aiken, Michelle with two L's, A-K-I-N 21 on Instagram. Michelle Aiken on Twitter, though. I'm not, I'm more so on this other app now, but, uh, and michelleaken.com you can go read my origin story yes for all your michelle aiken needs (laughs) (laughs) oh there's also on there there's an application to work with me as a coach uh and i'm not for everybody as a coach so the but the, the reason i mentioned the application is because i think even filling it out whether, whether you have an intention to hire me or any coach or whatever is a useful exercise. So mm-hmm. I recommend filling out, you can write in there. I don't actually want to hire you. You told me <laughs> on this podcast that I should just fill this out, feel free. And I will receive your responses. And, um, I just want people to, to answer those questions for themselves. If they are creative creator people. 
Yeah. But yeah, so what are what what have we learned in this episode? We learned <laughs> be creative. Those smoke weed. <laughs> uh, uh read smoke. Part of the in group that is probably a good thing. Period. And dimensions are real. <laughs> yes, yes. Hell yeah. Um, y'all know where to follow me, but uh, at it's Victoria Triple on Instagram for memes and outfits <laughs> and then yes, outfits. at short and spooky girl no gal i'm sorry gal on twitter for lukewarm comedy and <laughs> daily cloud checks i've been doing that i take pictures of clouds every day and i post the okay, updates of I clouds i really need to invite you to blue sky because it's, the- <laughs> it's called blue sky. yeah oh periods I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna i'm gonna give you some 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 chick on twitter asked me for invite codes and then didn't use them so I'm going to give you one of those because Period. She, it's been three days. It's like, not <laughs> it's just rude. She, <laughs> she didn't take the money. <laughs> no, it's weird. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to invite you to blue sky and we're going to talk there. Well, I'll bring the real clouds to you guys. All right. All right. <laughs> Period. Uh, thanks so much for listening and you, congratulations. You survived this conversation. Bye-bye. <laughs>